This is exactly right. Dark. We should do the whole thing in the dark. <gasps> What's, What's up, Anaheim? <laughs> that was scary. <sighs> if it was Friday the 13th still, it would make sense. I but know. It's not. It's just Saturday the 14th. No big deal. <laughs> Everything's super chill. How's it going, you guys? Us too. Us too. That's true, for real. Samesies. We're glad to see all your faces yeah. and that you're safe and sane. <laughs> In this crazy world. In the Dodgers. Fucking, we could be talking about... What'd you say? The Dodgers. <laughs> what? I don't know. We're right by a baseball thing. You guys, am I right about the Dodgers or am I right? That was pandering. You're welcome. <laughs> You're what if somebody is like you have to back it up somehow? Yeah. No, they've gone nine for seventeen this year. <laughs> I don't know what that Shit. is. We were just standing in the back in the green room, and there's a big screen TV with the game on, and we were both staring at it, trying to figure out if the game was over yet. I was, <laughs> I was trying to tell George that everything we were watching were uh, automatic replays. I was like, this is no, this is a replay, and this is also a replay as well. I don't think well. so. I think it's still happening. George is like, it looks lot. It looks really. Yeah. Live to me. I'm like, that's how they do it. Why it's would these they replay replays. That? They then just was, use replays yeah. all the time. And then Vince was yelling at the TV, telling it, telling it what? Sports. <laughs> <laughs> we fucking love sports, don't we, Murderinos? <laughs> yeah. There's a tiny Fake. baby. What's a up? tiny baby with headphones. Take those headphones Hi, off, baby. Let's teach him some swear words. What you doing? <laughs> We have terrible stories to tell you. Get ready for the world. Hi, baby. Hi, friend. Hi. Nope, can't see this far yet. What if we did this for like, we did this for nine full minutes? Hi. Nope, doesn't care. Doesn't give a single shit. Fair enough. We got the rest of you. Uh, Guys. Georgia's kind of a local girl. I oh. hope you know that. I forgot about that, and now I'm nervous. My sister <laughs> wanted to be asked if anyone went to school with me or got high with me who's here tonight. <laughs> I don't think so. Oh, we can't remember. <laughs> someone over there. <laughs> They're liars. There is the wife of someone that I used to go to raves with here, supposedly. <laughs> so that's kind of cool. I mean, is it, though? <laughs> Uh, no. Remember those pants? Come on, you guys. <laughs> we don't have to pretend it's cool. <laughs> Just the past. Uh, we saw the apartment Georgia grew up in. Mm -hmm. We drove. She she was gonna knock on the door. <laughs> I had to pee. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, 
Hey, um, what's up? How's your day going? Can we look through your house? <laughs> Can I cry and walk through your house at the same time? I've got to work through some serious issues in yeah. your living room. Do you have time? <laughs> My therapist told me just to lay down in a fetal position in the place I grew up in and I'll be better. So do you mind if I come in? Is the, is the carpet still shag carpet from the 70s even though it's 20 years later? Yes. No, fuck. What color? Brown. Yeah. Oh my God. Brown like all the rest of the city. <laughs> Dude, right? Irvine. It's the biggest fucking city I've ever seen in my life. No wonder I'm like fucking crazy and like got everything pierced and tattooed and like <laughs> ran to LA immediately. Fuck beige. Fuck beige. Fuck beige. I can't. Yeah, it's I mean, nice. Hey. It's nice. I have to say, there's something very soothing about it, though, because you're just like, oh, we're at that same apartment complex. No, it's a 7 <laughs> Eleven. Nope, nope, sorry, it's a grammar school. I see. <laughs> Even my high school was fucking tan and <laughs> stucco. Everything yeah, stucco. It's really nice. No, you guys, this is not insulting to you at all. <laughs> I don't mean and Anaheim. We're talking specific. Yeah, Anaheim's chill as fuck. You got that big Disneyland thing. Just name shit that's around the city. <laughs> you have a really good Burger King. It's fast. Oh. They're friendly. It's Delicious. Cheap, somehow cheaper than the other Burger Kings. <laughs> there's the good Burger King by the freeway, and then there's that gross Burger King that's Ew. out by that field. Ew, uh, Don't go there. Ew. Ew. Uh, we are staying at a hotel close by, and um, it's one of those hotels where I think the families go to Disneyland for like a week, so they have to stay in a place that has a kitchen, but it's like a tiny hotel room, and they all fucking are so sick of each other and hate each other. It was... It's like the family fight in over there. Yeah. It's just... It, <laughs> I go, is that lady going out into the hallway to fight with her child? Because... <laughs> It was like a Doppler effect of like, what? there was one lady that was just standing there going, Lucy? <laughs> Lucy? But angrier. Lucy! <laughs> yeah. She did it like 12 times. Yeah, we were sitting in the room like working on our stories and then we would just start laughing because it was just like, like bah, 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 in the other room. Bah, bah, bah. It's pretty great. And you then, don't deserve Disneyland! <laughs> And then it just makes you think of all those family vacations and then the reality of them is everyone fucking hated each other. They hate each other. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, when I, my first trip to Disneyland, age five, fifth birthday, thank you, that's not why we went. Um, <laughs> it's just, it was just a coincidence. They actually played it down. Um, <laughs> Families are the worst. I love it. <laughs> Because uh, it was also Mother's Day weekend, so it was our oh. family and the Mazzoni family, and then sure. my grandma Grace. And one of the first rides we went on was Pirates of the Caribbean, mm. and I can remember this like it was yesterday. I was sitting in front of my dad. <laughs> the second we went through the restaurant lagoon where everything is chill, and you go down that very small hill to go into <laughs> the rest of the very chill ride. <laughs> There's something that I didn't like how dark it was. Well, there's also a skeleton talking to you about yeah. shit, man. It's, it's not for five-year-olds on their birthday. No. And so I just started screaming. Of course. And <laughs> I wouldn't stop screaming. And my dad, I remember my dad being in my ear and he kept pointing. There's like a little girl that was sitting, I can't, next to us in the boat or ahead or she was in a different, I can't remember. But he just kept pointing at her going, she's not screaming. <laughs> Look at her. She's not screaming Just at all. shaming you. So when we got out of Pirates of the Caribbean, we got into the line for the Jungle Cruise, but I thought my parents were taking me back 
back onto Pirates of the Caribbean. So I got the fuck out of there and I bailed. And I was lost for three hours in Disneyland. Shut up! Yeah. Were they like, let her go? Yeah. Uh, I walked around by myself oh my until I found a guy dressed like an old-fashioned cop. And then I said, my family is lost. <laughs> and they brought me to a tiny house that was child-sized. Uh-huh. And that's when I knew things were, bad things were about to start happening. Oh, shit. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> here's, this is the end of the thing where now adults come into play. Or here's where you live forever. You live here now. Oh, little, my God. girl. Sorry. You have to eat this whole gingerbread house for the rest of your life. (laughs) Um, I just remember my dad coming in the door of the lost child's house like this, like, (laughs) get over here, like a true monster. So pissed. And apparently while I was gone, my grandmother, all my grandmother would say to my mother is, I knew you'd lose her. (gasps) Ouch. Ouch. So just fun, healthy times at Disneyland. (laughs) When I was a kid, we would, every Christmas, all the Jews and all the Muslims would go to Disneyland because there was nobody there. (laughs) It was like awesome. And we were all like, we were all friends and we were high-fiving each other. Like it was like we came together on Christmas. It was so great. That's actually Walt Disney's dream. Yeah. He was very, he was very low key about how much he wanted Jews and Muslims to come together. But it was his real fantasy. We were all like, Fuck Christmas. Yeah. Let's go to Disneyland. Yeah. Yeah. Get and some then Chinese food together. Right? Yeah. Dude. Yeah. It was pretty. It was pretty fun. And then the last... I've tried to take Vince twice to Disneyland. He's never been because he's from, you know. And... Uh, <laughs> Hill? We've, we've, yeah. <laughs> we've walked in, walked, and you keep accidentally going on like a day, you know, like a, um, yeah. like a someone's day or a something day. And then it's like so crowded that I have a panic attack. <laughs> and so then we just go and get drunk at the tiki bar. Yes. <laughs> and it's amazing. Yes. Fuck it. That's what those bars are for. Their seats go up and down. You're like, what's happening? <laughs> it's so fun. <laughs> it's pretty great. Oh, I miss getting drunk at Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> you need a minute? I mean, to... can I just go back real quick to 1997? Oh, I'm so good at it. I'm just saying, <laughs> as a blackout drunk, you wouldn't have known until I fell down onto your shoes that I was a blackout drunk. Because I just fucking, I didn't slur and I didn't try to tell you a fucking secret the whole time. I, just, I handled my shit, you know what I mean? I made it... I made it work for everybody. It was like, I cared about others also being drunk. You described me, I uh, slur and I tell secrets to everyone. <laughs> That's all I do. Yeah. I stand down to And then you go, I don't know, I'm slurry, I'm not that drunk. Stop it. Stop it. Come here. Also, when you're in drunk time, takes so much fucking longer. That's the problem. Most problem I have with being sober is just waiting for d- drunk people to get around to it. Or just like, <laughs> let's pick up the pace. We don't have forever. <laughs> Tell your secret now. <laughs> Georgia, we have two rugs in Anaheim. Oh my God. Oh my. We each have our own Holy rug. Shit. Don't touch mine. Karen. It's plus. Eh. Get off! Stop it! (laughs) (laughs) My grandma made this one and Karen's grandma made that one. And they come with us on tour. It's pretty special, you guys. Uh, 
there's a there's a sesame seed on yours oh I'll get it <laughs> oh my god your, what was the thing you you walked into the bathroom and dropped food on the bathroom floor and then Georgia goes five second rule if it drops on the bathroom floor you have to eat it <laughs> what if that was and then I did it yeah that's the new rule you know what it was so someone voodoo someone brought us donuts oh um zombie donuts zombie donuts thank, thank you. you thank you for is that you thank you Oh no, a real zombie? <laughs> you guys get out of here at your own pace. It's not a rush because they're very slow. Um, that was amazing. Thank you. I ate yeah. two and a half donuts. Uh, and then there was Why the one. Why do people keep bringing us donuts? I don't know. I just, I'm going to turn into fucking Violet Beauregard pretty soon. <laughs> it's not good. Someone yesterday at the San Diego show brought us this like gorgeous coffin um, box. It was so beautiful. And inside, <laughs> the most gorgeous coffin. It's, it was, <laughs> I know, it's weird. And inside were these little truffles that she had handmade of those peanut butter balls. Peanut butter balls. With the Rice Krispies inside of them. Classic grandma Christmas dessert yes. that you eat 70 of, and then you're like, what happened to me? And each one had a little, like, a little um, frosting hatchet, hatchet yeah. on it. Like a doot. It was so cute. <laughs> like a doot. Little, little doot. I was like, is this the hatchet killing the brown head of the peanut butter? But, like, what is this violence? And Georgia's like, it's just a hatchet. Yeah. You're overthinking the hatchet. You don't need a reason to put a hatchet on a peanut butter ball. <laughs> I feel like at this point in this podcast, how are you surprised that there's a hatchet on a peanut butter <laughs> I ball? Like, we've had. I'm like, what's the storyline of this hatchet? <laughs> symbolism. we were going to eat them all in the, at, in the hotel for sure. For sure. Well, they were in my bag. So I was I like being very, you know, people bring us lovely, lovely presents. And then we try to divide them up just so we can carry, carry everyone has to carry their own shit. And I was like, oh, the coffin's in my bag. <laughs> no. Looks like I'm going to be eating 50 peanut butter balls tonight. <laughs> oh, well, I guess that's fate. And then... <laughs> As we're standing to walk out of the theater, the bag just rips. I wasn't even moving. It was like God himself came down and was like, don't do that. Come on. We couldn't save them. We couldn't. We tried. But we got a picture of it. That's all that matters. The baby is laughing. Oh, my God. No, that was a fart. Yeah, you're laughing. He loves peanut butter balls. Get up here. Is he laughing that means we're pretty. When babies laugh, they think you're pretty. I'm serious. You're pretty. You don't know that. You didn't know that rule? I'm so sad. Why am I so desperate? Um, oh, shit. Peanut butter. Oh, Wait, yeah. So we have donuts. actual information? Whatever. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is my favorite murder of the book. Oh, yeah. Do you like... <laughs> That's the information. We have to, I, we might need to move that up to the top. No. I like when I say it, when I say something terrible and then we introduce it. That's yeah. Karen Kilgariff, by the way. Oh, yes. Thank you. This is Georgia Hartstark, by the way. Thank you. Local girl extraordinaire. Thank you. What did you call me, extraordinaire? Local girl extraordinaire. Oh, thank you. Yes. I called you dirty slut extraordinaire. <laughs> Don't use that word. Don't use that word. <laughs> um, 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 um. There's got to be something. I know something. What? His name is Steven. Oh, that's he right. He was. Look at him. Local boy, Steven Ray Morris. Where are you from? 
I'm from Anaheim. Yeah. Oh my God! Yeah. That's where we are right now. Oh my God! It's a, we're here. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Yay. I'm here. Oh my God, the last time I was here, I saw Michelle Branch. So. Oh, oh my God! What can I get to get her? That Taking away downtown and a kick a good and a Steven's crying in the back row. No, this is my story. I have to ask: Has any? Did anyone go to high school do drugs with Steven? No, no. Let's did you do asking drugs. the audience questions. They can't answer. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. I went for two years and then I moved away. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh say hi to all your friends. Oh, Steven. you know who is here? Steven's dad. Oh, my God! Hi, Dad. Somewhere. Hi. Are you proud of your son? Are you proud of your son? No, are you happy? No, he disappoints me. Look what you did to him. <laughs> <laughs> all right, go away. Go away. <laughs> that guy. That guy. What a guy. <laughs> he makes it happen. What? I can't hear you. Really? What? He makes it happen. <laughs> is I'll this a professional you. show is when the other person keeps going, what? 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 Sorry, what was your joke? <laughs> I want to laugh too. <laughs> Listen, these shoes, Look. I can wear them for an hour and 20 minutes, so we better get this show fucking Yeah, how going. about you do just a quick walk? Yeah. Oh my! It gets weirder every time because I'm so uncomfortable doing it. Why don't you go, Karen? Oh, <laughs> thank you. I why I I don't like high heels. Look at those sleeves. Thank you. Thanks so much. <laughs> oh, that side really liked my high heels. <laughs> it's kind of upsetting. Let's play the game of where how high do our spanks go tonight? Oh, okay. <laughs> Whoever goes the highest wins. <laughs> da, da, da. They should make spanks that color coordinate with your skin tone and hair color, yeah. and you just fucking pull that thing all yeah. the way up. <laughs> just get in like a sleeping bag, but really tight, and just be like, how do you like me now? They got fake eyelashes on them, <laughs> so you look like a person. Then you just start stabbing strangers. Yeah. yeah. That's Pretty the only thing people would use that for. Yeah. I think we just got into the topic of the podcast, which is murder, because that doesn't... <laughs> that's right. That's a little too close. Are we there? Are you saying you want to sit down? Sure. Let's do it. Let's do it. Oh. Why, Thank look you. at you. Oh. oh. That's uh -huh. a nice wide seat. Oh, thank God. Hi. With some spinning action on the chair. Hey. Hello. That's going to be distracting. Oh. Just all the way around. Bye. Bye, Karen. Hey, That's good back. action. That's good English. Can you go all the way around on yours? <laughs> Can you? Hey. Can you go all the way around on Them yours? Them or me? You. Oh. <laughs> what if everyone had this chair? <laughs> be the best show ever. It would not be distracting. It, it would not. not. Everyone would have the best time. <clears throat> <laughs> It looks like we're, this is the perfect height to read each other's palms yeah. or like have a... Um, you're, you're like, wash your hands. Wash your hands. Why don't you wash your you hands? You need lotion. <laughs> your cuticles are horrifying. <laughs>
There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com slash murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. All right, I'm going to go first tonight. Okay. Um... And this story is super fucked, as they always are. (laughs) Right? And you probably know it. uh, This is the murders of Sam Hare and Julie Kubishi. Oh, yeah. This fucked up shit. This is fucked up shit. Uh, Mostly because it involves community theater. (laughs) You know there's a problem. Okay. Uh, 26-year-old Sam Hare and his family were very close. Uh, he had recently returned from serving in Afghanistan in the army. His family was thrilled to have him home. He uh, started a new life for himself. He enrolled in Orange Coast College and, uh, right, an amazing, amazing learning facility out on the coast. <laughs> <clears throat> My sister went there. Oh, really? For a bit, yeah. What were the, do you know their mascot? Orange County? I don't know. Oranges. Just the shape of the county on a shirt. Go fighting counties. (laughs) I don't know if they even had a sports program, did they? I'm wrong. Uh, Whatever. All right, okay. Go on. What about, is it just the beiges? (laughs) The fighting beige? Okay. 
He also moved into the Camden Martinique apartment complex in Costa Mesa. And it was totally from the, uh, you know, 2020s and the murder shows that I've watched. It was one of those apartment complexes where it's just a bunch of young people fucking hanging out by the pool drinking Miller Lite. So, Someone just realized that they live in that apartment building. Oh, really? I heard her go, oh, shit, or something. <laughs> So they're just having a really public and loud response to yeah. that. Like, the fucking Martinique! <laughs> I left my bike there! <laughs> okay. Um, so Sam makes plans to ha visit his parents for the weekend, and when he doesn't show up, his dad, Steve, immediately knows something's wrong. Because um, the family's super close, and he's a super responsible person that doesn't just flake out on things. So he calls Sam's phone over and over, and Sam's phone seems to be off, which Steve knew that there was a problem with that because he never, ever turned his phone, mm -hmm. phone off. So finally, um, around 9 o'clock at night, he decides to drive over uh, to Costa Mesa to check on his son. Um, so when he gets to the apartment, he lets him, he had a key to the apartment as well. He lets himself in. It's silent. Um, he's calling Sam's name. There's no one there. He's walking around the house and checking every room. And he finally goes into Sam's bedroom and he finds the dead body of a woman who's kneeling on the floor, leaning over the bed, uh, with blood all around her upper body. And he immediately calls the police and, um, he can, and Sam is not there. And so the police question him and ask him what's going on and he was like there, there's no way my son has anything to do with this this is not who he is or what he does um, and they eventually find out um, they when they go in to investigate and look at the body her pants have been cut from the from the waistband down through the butt through the seat so that her butt was exposed and on the back of her shirt um, someone wrote all yours fuck you um, there were no signs of a struggle um, in the apartment. It was just that a body and that horrible scene. Um, they found her purse there and they make the ID. She's 23-year-old Julie uh, Kibi, Kibu Ishii. Um, she had been Sam's tutor in anthropology. That's how they met and they'd become really good friends. And they were not rom romantically involved. They were just close friends. Um, so... Uh, Detective Jose Morales and Lieutenant Ed Everett with the Costa Mesa police um, are looking at the scene and they're worried that what's happening is that Sam from his military background has PTSD um, and he snapped and killed Julie and now he's on the run. That's mm, what they're right. putting together. And of course, Steve Hare was assuring them that he did, he did not and he was really happy and he was doing really well. Um, but that's when they, when they find out that Sam's passport is missing, they are like, he's on the run. Right. So, <clears throat> uh, as they're processing um, his apartment as a crime scene, they come upon a wedding invitation, and it's from Sam's neighbors, 32-year-old Daniel Wozniak and his fiance Michelle Buffett. Ra oh, sorry, Rachel Buffett. Um, so they go to interview them, and Dan and Rachel tell the police what every other interview eventually tells them, which is that Sam was kind, he was caring, he was really energetic, everyone liked him, he made friends really quickly, um, and you know he was like a popular guy in the apartment complex. Um, 
So two days later, the autopsy comes back on Julie's body, and there's a couple surprises. Um, she had not been sexually assaulted, um, which made them believe this probably was a stage scene in some way, that along with the fact that there was no, um, there didn't seem to be a struggle. There was nothing knocked over, there was, it, it wasn't like that. Um, on, on top of that, they had only seen one, um, one bullet wound in her head, so they assumed she was just shot once in the head, but the autopsy came back, she had actually been shot twice in the head, and they just couldn't see the second wound, because um, they were so close to each other. Um, so, meanwhile, Sam's dad, Steve, is doing his own detective work, because they shared um, a bank account that they had set up before Sam went to Afghanistan, right. so that his checks from the army could just get direct deposited or whatever. I don't know if they were direct deposited, but put, <laughs> you know, some way conveniently put into the bank. Does army have direct deposit? I'm not sure, and those are the kind of things that I add in just because I think it sounds right, <laughs> and then later on people are like, excuse me, the army stands against direct deposit, and then I'm like, sorry, we'll make an announcement on the next show. So let us know. Yeah. Right? Please. Um, but only through a handwritten letter. Um, <laughs> or direct deposit. Or direct deposit <laughs> right into our brains. That's fine, too. <clears throat> so it turned out that Sam had saved $62,000 while he was um, overseas. And uh, so Steve is monitoring the bank account. He sees that someone starts to use the ATM card in Long Beach and um, t taking cash out of the bank and also ordering pizza. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know what you do with an ATM card. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so he brings all that information, the record and all that to the police. And when they check the security camera footage at the bank um, where the activity took place, the picture of the guy using the ATM card is not Sam. Because um, they think Sam's on the run and he's just trying to like go to a different city and get money. Right. But it's not him. It's a teenager. Uh, a teenager with a, a wearing a hoodie and big sunglasses. Um, so they uh, they trace the pizza order to this house in Long Beach, Jesus. and then they stake out the house when they know that a second pizza or is someone screaming? <laughs> is it? Don't ask. Is it barfing? <laughs> okay. I mean, we've had that. I mean, <laughs> more times than screaming. <laughs> You're allowed to barf in the aisles and then crawl out. Yeah, it's happened before. But no screaming. But just don't scream. Listen. Um, <clears throat> okay, so they go and they stake out this house in Long Beach, and. And because they heard that the, another pizza order was coming. So then the pizza guy's walking up and the cops pull him into a van, grab his outfit. Yoink. Yeah. Oh my God, it's like fucking naked gun situation. Yeah. It's a little nuts, but they're like, we're going in undercover pizza style. And they put on his gross shirt and... <laughs> Uh, walk up to deliver the pizza, and when um, the door opens, the SWAT team just fucking goes into this house, and it turns out 16-year-old um, Wesley Freilich uh, and his friends are there um, playing video games and wanting to eat pizza, and I'm Jesus. sure smoking a ton of weed. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so... Uh, immediately he spills it to the police because it was like his mom was in her room. Oh my <laughs> like, God. He was, he was in so much trouble, yeah. you guys. Um, but it turned out 
he says a guy had hired him to go extract money from the ATM every day. And um, he, the guy told him he was a bail bondsman that, and the account belonged to a criminal that he had just arrested and he was just getting his money back from the bond. You know. But he needed, right? He needed Wesley to uh, take it out. But since he was a minor, he couldn't be charged uh, for that. And the police are like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> and uh, Wesley says, oh, it's someone my mom met at community theater, Daniel Wozniak, mm. the guy who had invited Sam to his wedding. Um, so on May 26th, the police pick up Daniel at his bachelor party. Uh, <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. They, they bust they right They waited in. on purpose for that. <laughs> That's and then they waited while they were in the bachelor party. Yeah. They're like, we're about to totally fucking arrest you. What's that? Can I get two of those? <laughs> or what if they came in and, listen, they came in in cop outfits. And they're like, <laughs> it writes itself. You're all under arrest for being too sexy. <laughs> Do you know that happened to me once? What? You got arrested for being too sexy? <laughs> yep. <laughs> I didn't want to tell you because I had my record expunged. But <laughs> no. Uh, on my 35th birthday at work, my friends, my friends yeah. who I worked with hired a stripper. And so in our morning meeting at the Ellen DeGeneres show, um, <laughs> we're you know, sitting in her office. Really sexy setting. You know, the, the sexiest of settings. We're in the office and, a, and an insanely hot guy wearing a police uniform <laughs> that's open, the button is open down to there. It's a telltale sign. And he comes in, he's like, <laughs> he had this insane accent. He was just like, does somebody have a Lexus? <laughs> and I was like, what'd that guy say? And they're like, it's hers, it's her Lexus. Oh my God. I was like, what? And he was, it was like, he was dressed like a cop, but he was kind of pretending to be a meter maid. Like it didn't make... <laughs> He didn't think oh, yeah. the story through yeah. of what the trick was. And then he came in and just started freaking me. And it was 11 a.m., everybody. <laughs> so inappropriate. Oh, my God. It went on and on. I was like, I can't fight this. I want to fight it. I can't. I just have to kind of relax into it. <laughs> uh, and basically, he, at one point near the end, he picked me up, which I'm like, don't do this to yourself. He picked me up. <laughs> No. And then he laid me down on the couch and then began to simulate that he was going to go down on me. And I was like, this is my job. <laughs> like, ew. We can't do this here. And so I just leaned down and I grabbed his head and I go, that's enough. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's right. So for your best friend's next birthday, I highly recommend hiring a secret stripper. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Why were we talking about that? <laughs> oh, yeah. Back Bachelor to the party. murder. Jesus. <laughs> okay. Because we're monsters. Yeah. Um, I will take any fucking random noun and be like, oh, wait, can I tell you one thing? <laughs> um, okay. So they bring Daniel into the station to question him. And um, <laughs> they 
show him the picture of Wesley in front of the ATM machine, and he goes pale. And so he goes, all right, I'll tell you everything. So he says that he and Sam had this idea that they were going to take the money out of his his checking account or his account, which it could have been savings, um, out of his (laughs) bank account. (laughs) Bank. Um, They were going to take all that 62 grand, I believe it was, out of the account, um, and then Sam was going to claim fraud, and then, oh, it was the baby. I get it. We're not mad at your baby. (laughs) Um, uh, Then they were going to claim fraud, and then then the bank would have to return the money. So he's saying that the the dude who's supposedly on the run is in on it. Yes, exactly. That they basically they had this plan together. Right. That they were going to steal this money and ultimately make like a hundred and twenty thousand dollars. Right. Um, but then he said that Sam called him the night of the 22nd and said, I did something bad, and then told him that he murdered Julie. Jesus. And so the police were like, okay, they're kind of trying to put it together and see if it syncs up with, you know, the, the evidence that they have. And at one point they ask uh, Daniel for DNA, and he kind of like, his face changes a little bit, and then he's like, well, I was in the apartment. And then they're like, oh, do tell. And uh, he says, quote, yes, I saw the goddamn body. Is that what you want? Is that what you want to hear? Community theater. Oh. I don't think in the real world ever anyone has ever asked someone a question or told somebody something and yelled, is that what you want to hear? Like, you just are saying it. You don't give a shit if they want to hear it or not, no. if you're trying to tell them. That has like a Cagney accent to it. Yeah, that's a... See? Hey! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's fakey fakers. Yeah. Um, is that... Okay. Yes, I saw the goddamn body. Is that what you want to hear? Coppers? Line. No, no. Coppers. <laughs> <laughs> Line! <laughs> then he says, I, sh- I saw the two sh- got sh- gunshots to the head. And the police are like, donuts. (laughs) You're under arrest. (laughs) Because there's no way anybody in the world, their experienced uh, police who were on the scene didn't know it was two gunshots until the autopsy came back. So they're like, he was there. He knows what happened. Um, So when they tell him that, he just blurts out, I'm crazy and I did it. I killed them both. So, here's what the truth of all of it was, and this is just, uh, I mean, uh, so he's broke, of course, Uh, he hasn't paid his rent in months, and um, he didn't have a job of any kind except for taking roles in community theater. (laughs) That's not a job. It's not. Officer. it's, um, It's a passion. Sure. It's definitely an art, it's an art form for some. Um, but that don't pay. Uh, so he basically was going further and further into debt. Um, and they, they said he was from a, like a, well, a relatively well-to-do family. So it could have been that thing where like he's so spoiled that he's like, like it'll work out. He kept get, like it'll work outing it. That's, I'm, that's based on my own experience. Um, <laughs> Or you're just kind of like, something will come and catch me on the wet. Uh-oh. Uh, but the other thing was, he had, he had proposed to his girlfriend, so they had a wedding and a honeymoon coming up. No. He had zero dollars. And 
at some point, he found out from Sam that Sam had 62 grand. And then he was like, well, I want that money. And so he fucking makes this plan where he lures Sam, uh, his light, uh, fuck, Daniel Wozniak's light opera company had played at, I respect it. I do. There's opera singers are the most talented people on the planet. Light opera, not as good. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, they had done a show in the Los Alamitos Joint Forces training base. Right? <laughs> Such good light opera there, right? And he asked Sam if he would come and help him move some boxes that were up in the attic. They go up into the attic. That's right. They go up into the attic. He leans down and Daniel shoots Sam in the back and Sam felt it and said, uh, he didn't realize what had happened. He said, something hit me. It felt like an electric shock. And then Daniel shot him again and killed him. Um, Hours later at the Hunger Artists Theater Company, he played the lead in the musical Nine. What the fuck? Yeah. He went from that to a lead. Just right on stage. He took all that fucking being a sociopath and he brought it to the people oh my god hours later what um, the fuck and he was in that play with his fiance wow Uh, oh Steven sorry we have pictures of this do you have pictures of that Um, yes that's them in that play what a douche what I don't know Nine that well is that the one with that song Nine (laughs) (laughs) you're asking someone who can't sing or sit through a musical (laughs) But what's the answer? Yes. Okay. Um, was his... Okay, go on. Sorry. What? Nothing. You was, his girl, was his fiance in on it? What, that's... I think... That's why I said never mind. That's what everybody like, wants to know. You're telling the story. Yeah, I get it. It's cool. Uh, it's fun to jump ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but here... Because this is the most horrible part. He... After he was in that play, then he went back the next day to the attic where he had left the body and dismembered it. <gasps> and then left... Um, Sam's body parts in Long Beach Park. Oh. Yeah. Um, so Sam. then shortly after midnight the next night, he texts Julie um, Kibuishi with, with Sam Hare's phone and says, I'm having problems with my family. I need to see you now. Um, please come over now. He lures Julie to Sam's apartment, murders her there, and stages it to look like Sam snapped and murdered her and then ran. And then got this boy to start taking money out of the bank account, like $800 at a time. What the fuck? What a fucking bad plan. Yeah. Uh, All around, obviously, but insane. Um, Jesus. So after his interrogation, uh, he asked if he can use the phone to call his fiance. Okay. And the thing that I learned in this, um, I believe it was, it was an uh, ID channel show. I think it was called The Perfect Crime. Um, and they taught me that when you make a phone call, not to your lawyer, to, but to anybody else in the police station, uh, they can record it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, I've never been arrested, and I would expect that to be a thing. Well, poor poor Daniel didn't know. So he was like, hey, you can't t- tell Tim, you can't 
that backpack Tim has, you can't give it to the police. And she's like, I'm going to give it to the police. <gasps> and he's like, well, if you do, I'm doomed. And then she did. And inside the backpack um, was the murder weapon and Sam Hare's bloody clothes. Wow. Yeah. His trial lasted five days. Yeah. Um, he was convicted by a jury uh, in December of first-degree murder for killing both uh, Sam Hare and Julie Kibishi, and he was given the death penalty, and he is now in San Quentin. Wow! The fucking death penalty. Yeah. <sighs> I mean... That was rough. It's awful. Yeah. Let's think about it for a minute. <laughs> no. Hey, Karen, you know that feeling when you're stressed out and your heart starts to pound and your mind is racing? I do. I know it well. Well, while there's no cure for stress, therapy can help shape your response to it. And since May is Mental Health Awareness Month, there's no better time to try Talkspace. When you sign up for Talkspace, you'll receive a personalized match with a therapist or psychologist, typically within 48 hours. Forbes rates Talkspace as the number one online therapy platform, plus their licensed professionals are in network with almost all major insurance companies. Once you meet your therapy goals, or if you want to cancel for any reason, Talkspace will provide you with a prorated refund for unused time. I feel like these days people understand the importance of therapy, but the difficult part is just taking that first step. It took me months to make my first therapy appointment. I was so scared. I had a lot of ideas in my head about it. And that's why I think Talkspace is such a good idea, because making it so approachable will just get you there sooner. Then you can actually get in there, figure out what you need, talk to an actual professional, and be on your way to solving some stuff that you might want to solve. To celebrate Mental Health Awareness Month and the power of talking it out in therapy, Talkspace is offering our listeners $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80. Go to Talkspace.com slash MFM and use promo code SPACE80. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash MFM and enter promo code SPACE80 and get $80 off your first month and show your support for our show. That's Talkspace.com slash MFM. Enter promo code space 80. Goodbye. Goodbye. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant? Like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God. Yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made In products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. Goodbye. Eyes on me. <laughs> um, all right. Well, 
I cheated. You know when, um, <laughs> just let me get that right off the... What if you just start reading your own poetry? You're like, look, um... Here's the thing that I want to get to first, is that I'm pretty sure there wasn't paper in the printer when they printed this basket, because <laughs> I'm missing a paper, Vince. Because what? I'm You're missing, missing a paper? Third paper. Okay. Okay. Steven, can you get us page number three stat? <laughs> in the meantime... We just got a, a very official wave. Yeah. Ooh, the backstage is all a buzz right now. Yeah. Someone's getting fired. <laughs> Steven, it's you. We're going to have a staff meeting at the end of the show. <laughs> Pacing back and forth. Yeah. But I can start. Oh, well, you know what? Really quick, can I ask you a couple questions about Anaheim? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean Irvine? No. Okay. Should Orange we just groves. sit in silence? Mm -hmm. No, I can start. Okay. Oh. So, you know how everyone, we're all into true crime, but we all have these weird, like, um, sidebar things that we're into that have the same thing to do with true crime, but, like, are adjacent. Like, you and I, our first, like, friend conversation was about a car accident. Yes. And I was like, tell me everything, because I'm fascinated by horrible things happening. In case they happen to me, I'll be ready. Yeah. Um, so, one of those things for me is this. And so, I found out we were in Anaheim. I was like, oh, good. I can finally share this weird passion okay. with everyone. Not okay. passion, fascination. Because <laughs> when I worked at it, I just used to read this all the time. And when Snopes came along, I was like, thank God. Because this is the deaths that have happened at Disneyland. Yeah! Really? Yes! I'm so scared! Yes! Fucking tear those walls uh, down. Tell us everything those motherfuckers are doing. Oh, thank we you. We want to know. I come get pulled off stage <laughs> by Mickey and Minnie. Like These huge costume. mice are coming for us. Under the, yeah, I was really, as I came out here, I was like, wait a second. What if they all have good childhood memories of Disneyland and they're mad at me? Look who's here, everybody. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> That's Vince. Say hi to Vince. That's him. Said to me, what something dirty? No, he said, <laughs> You gotta check that shit. <laughs> like backstage, like it's my fault. I'm sorry. He's keeping you real, he's keeping your feet on the ground. I'm busy with a podcast. Oh, oh, and it, never mind. I'm just not gonna let's be friends. Let's all be friends. Let's the same verse. It's just two, two of the first pages. You okay. know what? This is honest. <laughs> We are a, a classy podcast. You know we what's hilarious? This is our actual job. Oh my God, you it's, guys. It's how we're paid for a living. Can you deal? It's very, we appreciate that. Thank you. This, about, this is about as thorough as we need yeah. to be on it's this podcast. It's your fault. Yeah. This is our job. You're enabling us. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and thank you for that. I'm so excited because this is like, I fucking love this shit. And I'm accompanying it with some vintage, vintage Disneyland photos, which is my other Nice. Favorite. And after that, we all get on a bus to Disneyland. <laughs> They're corn dogs, you guys. Okay. So, you know. Uh, so, nine guests have been killed on Disneyland attractions since the park opened in, parked opened <laughs> in 1955. All the deaths, except for two, were the result of guests who apparently ignored safety instructions and or defeated rides safety mechanics. Like, it's like they defeated them. Like, they were superheroes, and they're like... You know, like, maybe that, get better fucking safety mechanisms. I mean, that sounds like some Disney lawyer bullshit that right there. That definitely sounds like, like... Apparently, this child defeated the safety mechanism. <laughs> very strong upper body and a will to die. <laughs> what are you talking about? That's exactly it. It's yeah. called... What do they call it? Spin? Sure. All right. 
Wagging the dog. You know. You know. Um, okay, so here's the first one. May 1964, Mark Maples, he's a 15-year-old Long Beach resident. <laughs> but wait. <laughs> he's killed, I told you, when we, he tried to stand up on the Matterhorn bobsleds. Uh. Don't do that. See, this is why 15-year-olds shouldn't be allowed out of the house. Because <laughs> they fucking do shit, and it's r- boys especially, and it's really <laughs> stupid. I mean, I love him. Mark, you I'm sorry. You should run for Congress. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't want to. Okay. It sucks. Maples unbuckled a seatbelt and attempted to stand up as the bobsled (sighs) neared the peak of the mountain. You know, he was like the joker of the class, probably. What year was it? 1964. Oh, yeah. They just didn't get how bad it was, probably. Nothing had happened yet. So they're like, I'm free at Disneyland. Yeah. Um, He lost his balance because probably because he was standing up on a bobsled. On a fucking roller coaster. Thrown from the sled to the track below, fractured his skull and ribs, caused internal injuries. He died three days later. So we're off to the races. They're all going to die, you guys. Just so you know. (laughs) Yeah, and none of them are going to be like, night, night. It's not going to be nice. Sleeping Beauty has nothing to do with this story. I went like this, as if I didn't have the rest of the page to read. (laughs) And we're done with that. (laughs) I'm just thrown by Vince's shaming me. (laughs) Uh, Oh, he'll hear about it later. And I will too. I took my ring off and threw it in the Yes. No, I love you. Now that's a show. (laughs) Okay, June 1966. Thomas Guy Cleveland, a 19-year-old Northridge resident, is killed when he's attempt he's attempt okay, so this dude attempts to sneak into Disneyland along the monorail track. Oh no. I know. Um, it was grad night. Ugh. The worst. Yeah. I, I still think about grad night and it hurts my feet. <laughs> I hated grad night so much and I hated everyone in that park. <laughs> Yeah. I was so mad that I had to stay there and stay awake. Is it a lock-in kind of thing? It's a fucking, like, you just, they act like you want to stay awake all night. <laughs> it's that dumb, oh, God, I'm so mad. <laughs> this is really triggering for Karen, and I I'm going to need you guys <laughs> to be respectful. I grad night damage. <laughs> post-traumatic grad night it's like the thing where it's like anything where like the first three hours you're like oh my god this is gonna be amazing and then the second the fourth hour hits you're like let's stop this now it sucks (laughs) it's not working out like everyone thought they were gonna fall in love no one's falling in love we all hate each other let's go home and then someone climbs over the monorail track And actually, when I was when I was like in a senior in high school, everyone had the Disneyland pass. You know, it was like twenty dollars back then. It was a long time ago. Really? Um, How old were you? Eighteen. <laughs> oh, <laughs> seventeen. So people would you do this thing where you get a stamp, and then when you'd get into the park, you'd come back out and you'd lick the stamp and put it on someone else's on the back of someone else's <laughs> hand. Was how you snuck in back then, right? Um, and then some kids would just fucking scale the fence because this is before Disneyland was like. No, it was still like that. Okay, anyways. All right, grad night. 16-foot-high outer fence uh, and climbed onto the monorail track, intending to jump or climb down once inside the park, which is like, it's like a monorail. (laughs) It's like, it's a monorail. It's up high. Yeah. Um, So... That's all you need to know about a monorail. (laughs) That's what I meant, yeah. Yeah. He ignored a security guard's shouting warnings of approaching monorail train, failed to leap clear of the track... He finally climbed down onto a fiberglass canopy beneath the track, but the clearance wasn't enough. 
the oncoming train struck and killed him. Oh, it's horrible. You guys were excited a minute ago. Let's let them process. They okay. need to process okay. it. I, yeah, okay. I've been reading this since I was 26. <laughs> so, since the internet started and I was like, Disney deaths was the first thing I ever... Disney deaths. Wait, can I, can I do an addendum to that story? Uh, always. My favorite story of somebody bumming out at Disneyland is um, my sister's friend, Christine Tomasini, was at Disneyland with her family and they were all standing kind of at something that near a monorail um, track. Situation. Or no, sorry, those the ones that are the open people things mover. that go, yeah, the people mover, mm -hmm. where you're kind of like looking down mm -hmm. over. So she, they were kind of near a people mover and she was just kind of looking around at the crowd and there was a girl that had really big curly hair that she kind of like noticed like, whoa, that girl's hair is really big. And then all of a sudden in one second, the girl's hair went flat and she was like, what? And she couldn't, and then she oh, realized no. someone from the people mover barfed onto that girl's head. <laughs> Just the image Ooh, wee, of life. I look just like Buddy Holly. Ooh, oh, oh, it sounds like Mary. it's it's the idea of a hair uh, like a hair product commercial for hair straightening. <laughs> like hair straightener, like go from frizzy to flat, but it's like uh, with barf. And I think she said this could totally be me lying because it Don't would be better for the story. But I feel like she said then the girl barfed, which would make perfect <laughs> sense, right? That's never happened. Uh, no, I would barf if someone barfed on me. Yeah. It's your duty. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, make it interesting for everyone around you, okay? right? It's called embellishment. <laughs> Try I'll, it. I'll ask Christine. Okay. Would you? Yes. Um, I'll text her now. <laughs> August 1967, Ricky Lee Yama, he's a 17-year-old Hawthorne resident, was killed when he disregarded safety instructions and exited his people mover car as the ride was passing through a tunnel. And like... These were, oh, are we putting, okay, here's the people mover. Look at Stephen Ooh. on his shit. Oh, yeah. Great Isn't it cute? Look at how you can just step over the thing and get the fuck off of it. So do you think he was, he was thinking like, I'm going to see what's in that cave? No, I think he was just like goofing around with his friends and he was going to go to like the, his friend's car in the back, you know, oh, yeah, like yeah. kind of, you know, <sighs> goofing around like 17 and 15 year olds do. Yeah. Um, he slipped as he was jumping from car to car crushed to death beneath Ugh. the wheels of the oncoming car. Yep. I know. Okay, June 1973, Bogdan DeLaureate, uh, De yep. yeah. an 18-year-old Brooklyn resident, drowned while trying to swim across the rivers of America. You know, the, I think it's Tom Sawyer's Island now or oh, something? Oh, is it? Yeah. Um, I haven't been there in a while, so it could be like, it's not, it could be like a modern day thing. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's just a Del Taco now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we filled up those rivers with ground beef. God. You're going to love it. Queso is the new thing. We yeah. filled up with queso. Rivers of queso. It's an integration. <laughs> okay, well, anyways, he drowned. Um, oh. See? This show. Right when you start having fun. We were supposed to warn the newbies, but you've been warned clearly yeah. for the past 45 minutes. Yeah, they know. Um, They're feeling it. So he and his 10-year-old brother managed to, to stay on Tonsora Island past its dusk closing time by climbing the fence separating the island from the settler's cabin. They like hid and they're like, we're going to stay like, you know, like the, they were going to spend the night in Disney. Yeah. And you know, like how you want to do at the zoo all the time. Me? Is that just me? <laughs> what? Oh my God. I want to stay at the zoo past closing time so bad. Why? Because I bet there's so much fun at night. <laughs> Well, the nocturnal animals would be, but right. I think everyone else is asleep, aren't they? I know. It's so cute, though. Okay. <laughs> do, do, do. I would, like, remember that book where there's, like, the teens that, that they're, like, homeless teens that 
hide in the mall and then they come out at night? I think it's the... I think that's called, uh, what's it called? Well, nope, it was going to be real funny. Was it? <laughs> yeah. How? Like, it's the zombie movie. Yeah, Dawn of the Dead, thank you. See, it would not have been great if I fucking knew things. Say it more. Say more things. <laughs> <laughs> Hundred percent sober, by the way. Right now, I am one hundred. Say it more. Say more things. Say more things out of your mouth. Uh, no, I'm not sure. I, I think, think I was done. Okay. No, I mean it's just a child's book. I won't be able to remember the name of. And who gives a shit? <laughs> I've already told ninety-five stories. Okay. <laughs> da, 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 they decided. Okay. They, then they were like, "Let's not do this. It's just a stupid idea. Let's swim back. That's a better idea." Oh. Um, so. Because the younger brother didn't know how to swim, I know. Bogdan tried to carry him across as he as he swam. He and Bogdan goes down about halfway across the river, and the his brother remained afloat by dog paddling. Excuse me, Jesus. Until that was a burp. Until a ride operator hauled him aboard a boat, but Bogdan was nowhere to be found. Oh. They found it the next morning. His body. He's dead. I know. There's another one. It's coming. I ended with, don't worry, I ended with two kind of funny ones, so it'll be fine. <laughs> not dead. No, they're not deaths. They're like two funny things that happen. You don't owe them anything. Just <laughs> fucking tell your story. <laughs> Deliver it. Okay. The day before I was born, Ooh. June 7th, 1980, uh, Gerardo Gonzalez, a recent San Diego high school graduate, was killed on the People Mover in an incident just like the one that Ricky Lee Gate had gone through 13 years earlier. Gerardo, in the early morning hours of grad night, cancel grad nights. Yeah. It's just too dangerous for all of Never us. Never let that baby go to grad night. Never. <laughs> um, so he's again climbing from car to car as the people mover goes into the super speed tunnel, which is, uh, that sounds like a mistake. Yeah, they were like, oh, s someone died on the people mover. I think we need to put super speed in yeah. it. Yeah. That's probably what would be better. Right. Yeah. Um, and adjacent to the, okay, the former America Sings building. I don't know what that's in there. <laughs> it's by the America's Rivers thing. Right. Yeah. He stumbles and falls into the track. Oncoming train of cars crush him beneath its wheels. June 4th, 1983, Philip um, Strogum, an 18-year-old Albuquerque, New Mexico resident, also drowned in the rivers of America in yet another... <laughs> Say it with me. Grad night incident. Third grad night incident? Yep. I'm fucking writing to the... Oh, I am. I almost said president. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have one of those right now. We're on our own. <laughs> oh, you know what? I'll write to the rock. That's what I'll do. Yeah. That's what I'll do. He'll fucking take care of grad night. Wouldn't that be amazing if the next grad night, The Rock came in and just started fucking beating the shit out of everybody? <laughs> oh. it's, it's like Santa, he went around <laughs> on like a reindeer, it's like Santa Claus, but grad night and beating people up. It's nothing like, it's nothing like Christmas. Never mind. I love it. It's Christmas for me. What if, um, I just love the idea that that's your new cause, is ending grad ending night. Ending grad night like, for everybody. You know, and every any other fun activities for seniors. <laughs> We're shutting that shit down. They can't handle it. They have to keep standing up all the time. <laughs> oh, I need to be out here where I'm not supposed to be, says the 17-year-old boy. Fucking stop it. Yeah. Agreed. 
So he and a friend, and they'd been drinking quite heavily, and they snuck onto cast members only area along the river. <laughs> and un- the cast members killed them. <laughs> Sorry. That was highly inappropriate, and I apologize to everybody. <laughs> I'm really sorry. That was wrong. But I just pictured Tigger killing them. Have you seen the video where the like I think it's Pluto loses his shit because his yeah. kid keeps fucking yanking on his tail and he just turns around and starts chasing the kid. And the kid's like the kid's like clearly a, a class bully until Pluto turns around and turns on him and the kid just loses his shit. <laughs> it's funny because the kid's clearly a brat before and I, have, I in no way want children to be harmed. Don't okay. be upset, baby. Don't be upset, baby. <laughs> anyway, okay, so they untie an inflatable rubber, rubber maintenance rotor. Nope. Untied an inflatable <laughs> rubber maintenance motorboat. Phew, thank you. Yeah, you got it. Deciding to take it for a joyride around the river. <clears throat> they're un- shockingly not trained in this, and they're unable to <laughs> adequately control the boat, and they struck a rock near Tom Sawyer Island. Um, Phillips thrown into the water. His friend goes back to shore to seek help, and uh, Philip drowns long before his body was located an hour later. Well, that would make sense. <laughs> yeah. Don't really get they the word. They locate his body and then they let him drown after that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, this, this is Snopes writing. You know, journalists. Get it together, Snopes. <laughs> journalists. Um, January 3rd, 1984, Dolly um, Reagan Young. A f- what? Parton. <laughs> yes. Sorry. <laughs> you are loving that. I mean... Is this vodka in here? Yes. I've gone off the wagon. <laughs> um, she's a 48-year-old Fremont resident, California. She's killed on the Matterhorn. Stop clapping. <laughs> I didn't pause for, for clapping. She's killed on the Matterhorn again. So here's the thing. Similarly, similar to the first <laughs> Matterhorn. What? You just said she's killed on the Matterhorn again. <laughs> <laughs> I meant like, again, like the guy. Like this guy got you've it. got. Yep, we know, but it's still funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I get it. I don't need to explain it. Mm-hmm. You can just laugh. Okay. She John snowed that shit, came back, and then the Matterhorn killed her again. <laughs> Okay, about two-thirds the way down the mountain, uh, Dolly's thrown from her seat into the path, path of an oncoming bobsled. Um, she comes pinned beneath its wheels. So they examine her sled, because here's the thing, no one was in the seat with her. You know how usually it's like two people per seat? and they, So she was alone in the seat, so they were like, well, we don't know if she unfastened the seatbelt or if it malfunctioned. So she probably, it probably wasn't. <laughs> It's is probably there, her fault. Is there you know thinking, what I mean? Yes. Yeah, where it's like, but how, how many forty-eight-year-old women do we yeah. know that are on the bobsled and like, is it yoink? <laughs> yes. Nobody. That's why you don't let seventeen-year-old boys on. Not forty-eight-year-old women. Forty-eight-year-old women are like, I've finally got to be me. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking leave the Matterhorn yeah. halfway through. No. I'm gonna make my kids laugh. Hey. <laughs> no. Bro, dude. Bro, dude. Yeah. Isn't no. this funny? Yeah. I'm going to high-five that, what's the monster that's there? <laughs> Yeti. Thanks, guys. Um, all right. <clears throat> December 20... 20- high-five that monster. <laughs> you know that Yeti that's in there? Sure. All right. December 24th, 1998, in a tragic Christmas Eve accident, one Disneyland cast member and two guests were injured. Okay, this is the one I have nightmares about. 
Okay. A rope that's used to secure the sailing ship Columbia as it's docked at the Rivers of America, you know, the one that goes around. It, uh, it, was, a, it was an inelastic hemp rope designed to break easily. It was Im improperly replaced for financial reasons by an elastic nylon rope which stretched and tore the cleat from the ship's wooden hull. Oh, fuck, I hate this. The cleat sails through the air and oh. strikes... The, the heads of two guests who were waiting to board the ship. Uh. Luan Fee Dawson, who's 33, of Duval, Washington, and his wife, uh, Lu Thai Vyong, 43. And Dawson, no, Dawson's declared brain dead two days later and dies when his life support system is disconnected. Uh. Can you fucking, I have nightmares about that. And now you all will too. Well, also, here's what I have nightmares about. It's 1998, you mm -hmm. said? And Disney is using cheaper rope to because they have to scrimp and save at yeah. Disneyland are you fucking yeah. kidding me yeah yeah well at this point the accident results in the first guest death in Disneyland's history that was not attributed to any negligence on the part of the guest that they're telling us about yeah um, and prompted a movement for greater government oversight of theme park operations and safety procedures because there was like they were just like there you go and then at one at one point they were like no wait they're like airplanes and all the you know these things that we need to regulate like airplanes yeah. I don't I, there were other things and I can't remember what they were trains like trains trains airplanes what else is there automobiles right <laughs> It's the natural yeah. progression. You know what? Let's not rely on the company that was started by a anti-Semitic to hmm. police themselves. Um, I mean, it seems like <laughs> if he's going to buy cheap rope, yeah. he's not going to give that much of a shit about <laughs> anybody else. Uh -uh. They got uh, the victims, survivors, uh, brought on a lawsuit and settled for, they settled for $25 million. Yeah. Could have been more. You know, they could have spent that money on hemp rope. <laughs> I mean, seriously. nylon rope. You cheap bastards. Yeah. On June 25th, 2000, a 23-year-old woman from Spain exited the Indiana Jones ride. I don't know why I'm pointing at you. Because <laughs> you know I love that shit. <laughs> that big boulder comes at you, you're like, what? <laughs> um... So she exits the Indiana Jones ride, and I put this in there even though it's not really listed. She's complaining of a severe headache. She's hospitalized a day later, and later that day, she's hospitalized, and later that day, it was discovered that she had a brain hemorrhage and, and said it was because of the jostling of the ride. She died on September 1st, 2000 of cerebral aneurysms, and the victim's medical costs were estimated at more than $1.3 million. Wow. Okay. Um, <clears throat> On September 5th, 2003, a 22-year-old man, Marcelo Torres of Gardenia, California, uh, died and several other guests were injured when a locomotive separated from its train along the tunnel section of Big Thunder Mountain. No. And here's the... Uh, yeah. I got barfed on that ride. I didn't want to tell you guys. Why not? I don't know. It's gross. We love hearing all that shit. Yeah. Someone in the... We were going around. My, it was my ex and I, and it was like our first ride there, and it was so fun. Like, we were going around a corner, and someone in the front barfed, and every, all of us... <laughs> yeah. And then we had to stay on the ride for the rest of the time, and everyone on the ride was just like... Ah, ah. Oh my God. Yeah, because Disneyland's like, they will cost too much money to end the ride now. Yeah. Um, we have to, for efficiency's sake and financial gain. Yeah. 
Um, he and that, I broke up pretty quickly <laughs> later. No relationship can withstand being barfed no, on like that. You can't look at each other again. And I know there's a comic, and I wish I could remember her name because she's so funny. She's a New York comic, and she tells this fucking amazing story of being at a, at a New York County fair when she was like eight years old, and it was in the late '60s, and Ju- or whenever before Judy Garland died, and Judy Garland was there yeah. with Liza Minnelli and her other daughter. Sorry, me and. <laughs> and they went on to one of those rides that the, that spinning oh. thing that then turns and starts spinning like that. Yeah. And so this guy, I wish I could remember her name. She basically got in line with the uh, Garlands, the Garland Minnellis, um, just so she could get on the ride faster. Just she looked like yeah. she blended in. And they got onto the ride, and then as it started, um, Judy Garland started barfing, oh. and they all got splashed with Judy Garland's <laughs> barf on that it's ride. It's kind of special. I mean. And it's it's collector's item for yeah. sure, but okay, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> so a locomo- this is the new podcast barf stories. <laughs> Sorry, a locomotive separated from its train along a tunnel tunnel section of Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. He um, he bled to death after suffering blunt force trauma, Ugh. and the cause of the accident was determined to be improper maintenance. So this is the other. Not his fault one. Um, investigation reports and discovery by the victim's attorney confirmed that the fatal injuries occurred when the first passenger car collided with the underside of the locomotive. Locomotive. I mean, it's locomotive. from here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So those are the ones that have happened so far. Let's hope they're the only ones that ever happen. Don't take your seatbelt off ever. What is happening? I don't know. It sounds like there's a giant pounding on the outside <laughs> of the building. It's uh, Walt Disney. Is it him? Yeah. Fuck, we're sorry. Reanimated. We're sorry, you cheap bastard. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So there's the two that aren't murders, so that we, death, so we all feel better. August 6, 1970. And my dad told me this when I was a kid, and it made me so happy. 750, quote, and there, this is how it's written, hippies and, quote, rat. <laughs> Radical yippies, they used to call them. Worse than hippies. Yeah. Infiltrated the park and took over the wilderness fort, which I think is, which is now the Tom Sawyer situation. They raised the Viet Cong flag. Whoa. And passed reefers out to passerbys. Shit, girl. They were like, they took it over. What's wrong? Nothing. Is he shaming me still backstage? No, you paranoid lunatic. Um, My head turned to the side. I know, I got scared. Listen, that's nonsense. Look, listen to me. Um, A platoon of Anaheim officers in full right gear poured into the park from the backstage areas to get them the fuck out of there. 750. Yeah, that's a shit ton. Yeah. And And then so much pot in Disneyland. Yeah. Like, what is that? It smells like a skunk. (laughs) Mommy. What's happening? Um... All right, and finally, on New Year's Day of 2013, a rider in the front row of the thing called California Screamin'. Oh, yeah. That's a big roller coaster. Front row of the roller coaster. Here he goes. He's hit in the face by a seagull. (laughs) No injuries were reported. Oh. Oh, he didn't die? (laughs) Yay! I was like, that's the saddest one of all. No. To go out by seagull? I know. Seagull uh, to the face. Yes. <laughs> Poor seagull's like, what the fuck? I'm just trying to go down this roller coaster. I'm just trying to fly over this park. <laughs> oh my God, that's awesome. Yeah. 
that's that's Disneyland X. That is Disneyland X. Thank you. Um. uh, Well, yeah. It's is it time to do a hometown murder? Time to do a hometown. I think there's an open mic somewhere. Hold on. Let's be reasonable. Let's have somebody didn't stand up with a piece of paper in their hand, point at themselves, and then go to the bathroom when they got picked. That's fucking. There she is. There she is. Hi. I told Sorry, you. I'm shaming you. Hi, what's your name? Catherine. Hi, Catherine. Turn the lights nice down so she doesn't have a panic attack. There's a lot of people. Come yeah. on, right here. It's you can bring the house the lights, lights down, uh, um, sir. Thank <laughs> or ma'am. But probably not. What was your, tell me your name again. Catherine. Oh, you have one of those. Catherine. Yeah. Catherine. Yes. Hi, Hi, Catherine. Where are you from? Um, originally from Montana, but I live in Costa Mesa now. <laughs> yeah. I live like a mile from Camden Martinique. I've oh, been there really? several times. So Is that, it pretty great? No, but that story really freaked me out. <laughs> yeah, it's know. crazy, right? Yeah. Um, but you can't read. Yeah, we well, need you to... I didn't know how many uh, drinks I would have before this. So, <laughs> <laughs> Fair. so I typed it up just in case. Okay, but but can you do it off the top of your head? I think so. And then I'll check your work. Okay, great. <laughs> can I just say that this is why I stopped drinking for the, before the show, so I didn't have to... I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> I get it. So I respect um, your control. <laughs> I don't have a great hometown murder, but my best friends are my cousins, and they have an amazing hometown murder, and they told me if I had the opportunity to get up on stage, I had to tell their story. Yes. We so love a Jason totally Murder. Second, second, second hand. That's cool. You can do it like seventh hand. Okay. I don't yeah. give a shit. Yeah. So um, my cousins, um, in 1995, my cousins were 13 and 10, and they lived in Ahwatukee, Arizona, Ooh. which is right outside of Phoenix. Shit. And um, their mom worked as a maid for a family called the Bach family. And they were really wealthy, and they had a huge house, and she just worked there every day as a maid. I think that's low. Go. Okay, sorry. I'm not used to holding a microphone. <laughs> Come on, take a class. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so uh, they became really close to the family, and um, Mr. Bach, the dad, asked them to move into the house and be like a full-time housekeeper. Um, but the mom had some weird feelings about him and about the family, so it never happened. Um, but that was kind of always happening. They were always asking them to move in. Um, Julia, my cousin, who was 13, became really good friends with the son, Jeremy. Um, they went to the middle school together. He was a year older than her. And uh, they would walk home from school every day um, to Jeremy's house and hang out there while her mom was cleaning. Um, and then she would just go home with her mom at the end of the day. And she said Jeremy was kind of a weird guy. He would always um, tell like dirty jokes around her and just do like weird 14-year-old kind of things. Um, but she, she said she said he was kind of hot. He looked like a young Matt Dillon. Oh my <laughs> fucking God. <laughs> Give Karen a minute, picture. Here's... Do one dumb joke, and I'll, t- I'll tell you what I would have acted like around this person. Okay. Just do, do a bad joke. Karen, your hair, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, so she, she was willing to overlook some of the weird things. Hell yes. Um, because he was cute. <laughs> um, another weird thing about the family is that they had um, guns stashed all over the house. Mm. They said they would find them under the couch and in the kitchen cabinets and all over the place. So it was kind of a red flag. Um, and uh, 
And uh, their mom said one day when she was cleaning the house, there was red spots on the walls Ooh. that she cleaned off. And she said they were definitely not spaghetti stains. So she wasn't sure what they were. Uh, so well, then of, bleach them right off then. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> lots of red flags, but they uh, were close to the family. So they still you know, worked for them and hung out at the house. Um, then one day, the 14-year-old Jeremy was arrested for the murder of his friend, Brad, friend Brad Hansen. Um, and Brad had been missing for two months at that point. He, uh, Jeremy was originally questioned when Brad went missing, and uh, he, he had told investigators that um, they had skipped school the day that Brad went missing, and they had hung out at their house and were playing with a gun, and uh. it went off in Brad's hands, and that he panicked and rode away on his bicycle. So police for two months were investigating it as a missing persons case, or like a runaway case, um, didn't think anything weird had happened. Um, but then two months later, right before the arrest happened, uh, some trash collector, is that the right term? Trash collectors? Yeah. Garbage men? Garbage men? Trash what's, collectors. What's PC? Garbage yeah. person? <laughs> trash collectors. Yeah. Sanitation workers. That's Sanitation the one. Sanitation workers. Garbage person doesn't sound right. <laughs> <laughs> no. Sanitation worker. Yeah. Sanitation worker. Sanitation worker um, came by the Bach house um, on their weekly pickup, and they noticed that the trash can outside the Bach house was covered in blood, <laughs> and it uh, raised some red flags for him. I mean, <laughs> one would hope. Yeah. And he called the cops, who came and investigated, and they determined that blood belonged to Brad Hansen. So they interrogated Jeremy a second time to find out what happened, and he told them that he had lied the first time, and that what actually happened was that they had skipped school and were playing with a gun in the house, and that um, it had gone off in his hands, and he had accidentally shot Brad in the chest and <gasps> killed him, um, and that Brad had bled out. And then after he had died, he'd put Brad's body into a, a trash bin, which he put on the curb, and the trash... The sanitation workers <laughs> took away the next day um, and never to be heard from again. Yeah. But the cops did not believe his story because they said uh, that it would have taken Brad nearly an hour to die after the uh. shot. And so he, um, Jeremy never went for help. So it was pretty obvious that it was intentional shooting. Um, so... They uh, had a few theories. They thought that maybe it was intentional and that uh, the boys had been arguing about a girl that they both had dated. Mm -hmm. um, that was possible. There was also some speculation at the time that uh, Jeremy's father had helped him dispose of the body. Mm -hmm. uh, it was kind of an ongoing thing. And then uh, my cousin did tell me that there was a rumor that went around the junior high that um, the police dogs had picked up Brad's scent and followed it to the backyard of Jeremy's house. Um, and they believed that maybe he was fed to their German shepherds. <gasps> that's, ju that's junior high bullshit. Yeah, that's totally a junior high rumor. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, so that's just all speculation, but um, there, Julia and Chrissy's mom did definitely clean up the crime scene. <gasps> it did happen in the kitchen. Unknowingly. Yeah, she oh, had no idea. Yes. So she said she was in there when the cops did the luminol test, and um, they had her point out where all the blood spots were that she had cleaned up. Um, and she said when they turned that black light on that the whole kitchen lit up. <gasps> oh my God. Everywhere. So, unfortunately, Brad's body was never recovered. Um, um, they think that it was probably taken to the landfill, but by the time they had all this information, it was two months later, so there's no way they could ever have found him. Uh, um, so, 
eventually uh, Jeremy is put on trial for second degree murder and some funny things happened to my cousin during this time. Um, while Jeremy was on trial, his parents were pretty wealthy and they got him out on bail. <sighs> and um, at that time he called my cousin and asked her out for a date. Oh my <laughs> and her mother allowed her to go. <laughs> <laughs> and they went bowling. <laughs> oh my god! I love bowling. <laughs> he and, had great jokes. And when I asked my cousin about this um, this week to make sure I had all the facts right, just in case I got up here, um, I was like, "What the hell was your mother thinking? Like that's insane." And she's like, "What the fuck? I know. Like <laughs> I realize that now. It was totally messed up." Um, so. Um, he was brought up on trial for second degree murder. He was found guilty and um, sentenced to 22 years in prison. Nice. And at the time that he was sentenced, he was only 15 years old. So he was the youngest, per I don't know if he still is, but back then he was definitely the youngest person in Arizona history to ever be convicted um, as an adult. Wow. Um, and so there was a lot of media um, that happened around it, of media frenzy that happened around this trial. And one of the things that happened to my cousin was that she was um, driving driving with her mom. I don't know if it was past the courthouse or past, past the box house, but there's reporters outside. And they flagged down the car and knocked on the windows and they're yelling inside like, can we ask you some questions? And my cousin at the time had a really short pixie haircut, so she kind of looked like a boy. And they're like, Jeremy, Jeremy, can we get some information from oh. you? Can we ask you a question? And they thought he was, she was him. Oh, and, God, and, high school sucks. <laughs> and her mom got deeply offended by this and she rolled down her windows. And she's like, that's my daughter, you asshole. Fed <laughs> away. Oh, my God, that's amazing. <laughs> And uh, so he went to prison um, for 22 years. He was sentenced in, I think, January of 98. Um, and uh, once he got to prison... <laughs> I'll check. <laughs> yep, you did it. <laughs> Every single word has been perfect so far. I'm not very good at winging it. So. <laughs> I think you are. Yeah. Um, once he got to prison, my cousin thought this was all over and um, she never had to think about it again, but then she started receiving love letters <gasps> from prison. This just gets better and better. <laughs> and um, Jeremy was asking her if she'd marry him <sighs> and um, she said it really creeped her out because he would always call her my baby. Oh. Um, and she said the best part about it all was that he said um, at one point he asked her if she had been hassled by anybody in school for being his friend and he said um, give me their names because I'll totally kick their asses Ugh. and she's like <laughs> with a gun yeah <laughs> she's like I don't think the weight of all this trial stuff has like really gotten to him yet because yeah. he's not going to get out of prison for 22 years uh, yeah <laughs> middle school will be a distant memory yeah. right? everyone so. else will be mm -mm. <laughs> yeah. oh my god that's crazy yeah. so so she she said it's like a total distant memory like it's not something she really ever thinks about but um, I looked it up this week because I was coming here to the show and I realized that 22 years of a sentence means he's going to be out in two years <laughs> and so I asked Julia if she felt worried if he would get out if he's held a candle for her for all these years or what and she's not worried at all but I'm like gotta lock your doors yeah but her like, mom let her go like, on a date with a yeah, murderer yeah. so I'm like it's probably the last date he had before prison right so like you know just gotta follow all the murderino rules yeah here and not get murdered how so. does he look though <laughs> just kidding you did amazing that was yeah. so good off the paper <laughs> <laughs>
good. So good. Do you want your paperback? Here, you give it that. a scrapbook. That, w- that away, <laughs> I think. Uh, thank you. That was so awesome. That was great. Oh, my God, you guys. You guys, thank you thank so you much. So much. first Orange County show so great I was a little nervous I'm not gonna lie I peeled off all of this nail polish because I was nervous <laughs> not my middle finger um, so thank you for making my hometown first show fucking awesome yes Love it. that's a good feeling right it that's feels a good, good feeling it feels great uh, yeah this I feel like this crowd is kind of one of the best we've ever had just like yeah. honestly so it makes me happy when people like comedy it's so much more fun <laughs> <laughs> they're yeah. not mad at you death. no um, thank you guys again and also just we joke about it but like you because you guys listen in tell your friends to listen and support us so much <laughs> we get to do this for a living and it is so fucking fun so and incredible. we really really appreciate it so much so insane we love it love it's it. so exciting yeah so stay sexy and, and don't get, get murdered thank you thank you